Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 212. It's our fourth annual Fan Expo Extravaganza. I am your host, J.J.M. Clark. As always, it's so wonderful to be with you all. Uh, Coming from here, live to you in the L5J studios, and with me for this very, very, very special, special occasion. He is one of the IDW artists behind... Oh, I'm so excited. I'm all I'm all jibber-jabbered tonight, kids. But uh, IDW, My Little Pony artist, Marvel Avenger and Web Warrior artist, creator of the Bodhi Troll, and guest of this year's Fan Expo, ladies and gentlemen, J.P. Fosgit. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me again, my friend, Jay Clark. Oh, of course, anytime. You are a deep, uh, ingrained part of this show my friend so it's an honor to have you here and it was an honor to hang out with you all weekend man it was awesome and you say this is your fourth year uh sort of podcasting uh the show so to speak the the con yes it's our fourth year of gorilla pod uh which is uh basically from fan expo we have to come from you from the trenches which is where we want to be anyways uh for some reason my for some reason that we won't get into uh my own hometown con is the one comic convention that does not feel i deserve press for the occasion which is okay which is fine it's a it's a whole other thing that's not even that important to me because it always results in so much love coming from the alley itself the second people heard that i again kept the streak alive and did not get press were offering me their plus ones well and jay yes would that make you depress <laughs> <laughs> oh, <hilarious. Ba-doom>, <laughs> yeah but you know that's what's cool is everybody reached out and everybody you know wants me well you know i don't mean wants me there but you know is, is no, there to help there. we all want you at all of our cons well, it's a wonderful thing to be able to go because, you know, I, I kind of – I get to be like the archivist of the party. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and everyone seems to know you now. You're becoming quite the rock star, uh, certainly on my <laughs> con circuit, so I'm thrilled to know you, Fonzie. Hey, man, I'm just thrilled to have met all the wonderful people that I've met and anybody who ever supports this show. Thank you so much. Uh, one love, and you live in a special place. I mean – I know that Toronto is very, very special to you, and oh, yeah. it's, your, it's your home away from home, but you come from a magical place in itself. Like, Michigan has a wonderful, wonderful community there, and I'm very proud to be accepted by that community in any way. So, Absolutely. No, everyone I know out here loves you. So, no. Well, that's very, very, very sweet. But let's get on to how much everybody out here loves you, because when you come here, it is an absolute occasion. Uh, you're, <laughs> you were, I believe, first-time guest? 
This was the first time I was a full guest of the show. Um, like, I think once before I got a full table, this time they put me up in a hotel. Uh, I got to do an amazing panel, and they really just made me feel very special and was really incredible. And I'm very appreciative to Kevin Boyd for sort of uh, promoting me in that way. Hey, uh, Kevin, um, for the kids out there who don't know, you can go back several episodes and you can catch a wonderful chat that I had with Kevin Boyd, who is the comics coordinator for Fan Expo Canada. And he has just returned after a several year absence, and it changed everything. Fan Expo has, uh, it, it went in a certain direction because it was getting so big. It needed to find itself. It went through a change of ownership, and Kevin has come back, and he brought all that heart roaring back with him, and it was felt in spades throughout the alley. Not one person that I talked to, uh, record with or otherwise, who did not express their extreme thanks and gratitude for the uh, consideration of their well-being and their comfort that was put forth by Kevin and his team at Fan Expo. So major kudos to Kevin, Shane Kirschenblatt, all, all of you kids, you just you killed it. You absolutely killed it. So here yeah. you are, Jay Fosgett. First time. You've been to Fan Expo before. But I've been doing Fan Expo for as long as, as you've been podcasting now for, for Fan Expo. Same, same amount of years. So you're here, and uh, you're a first-time guest, and that first-time guest spot gets you sandwiched so beautifully between Michael Cho and Ty Templeton. Yeah, just that's that's the sweet spot, and uh, two of the nicest creators I've ever got to table neighbor with, uh, not to mention that Ty's wife, Karen, is an amazing person herself, and so, you know, sort of like a great threesome of awesome people, you know. That was fantastic. I'm so glad you got to chill with them, because, uh, yeah, Ty and Karen, amazing, amazing stories, amazing people, so uh, that resulted because of the fact that your table was formally Frank Miller's. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting that, but for whatever reason, my table was originally uh, bequeathed to Frank Miller, who they ended up moving to the other side of the con to a presumably better trafficked area. I don't know. Oh, yeah, not not that you were in a bad spot, because you were in a great spot, Oh which, yeah. which I can understand why it was, it was his original spot, but had they kept him there, would have been mayhem. Now, one of my big concerns about the expo before it occurred was Greg Capullo being there and a regular guest in Artist Alley, because I know his pull. I've seen his pull. And, and you know, I was worried about the way they would set that up. But the way they actually staggered out his times, he wasn't there at all times. And they kind of staggered it out into blocks where they could kind of have groups of people. And they put him right on an end where there was kind of a wall where people could line up and not, you know, disturb the flow of the current of Artist Sally too much. And, you know, that it was handled. So that was the one big fear I had had. And it was totally, you know, quelled. But my only critique, just because I don't want this to be, you know, 110% sunshine, there is still one problem with Fan Expo. And it's not the Expo's fault. It's... It's simply just gotten so big. Artist Alley had been increased this year by almost a third. They added a good, like, you know, 10 rows maybe. It was so much longer. But it was still absolute, absolutely immobile at certain times where you could not move. You were literally standing in one spot for up to two minutes just to go in a direction. It's and, true. It's true. Yeah. But, you know, here's this is just my thing is I think that people need to have a good comparison. 
Um, having been at, at uh, San Diego for three or four years now, having been at New York, I can tell you that at its worst, Fan Expo was still a lot more navigatable, despite the shoulder-to-shoulder crowds. Really? Those things must get insane. Now, maybe I'm going off just one particular huge glor- glorious thing that I saw, which was C2E2 this year, where they went ahead and made like a quarter of the building Artist Sally. Sure. And you could play a, a soccer match in those alleys. And yeah, they have it, a lot more elbow room there, whereas we're very limited with what they have at the uh, at the con center that we're at for Fan Expo. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Could it possibly be outgrowing the Metro Toronto Convention Center, which is a crazy thought because there's nowhere bigger. It's not like it could move somewhere. You, you know? know, I kind of think it might be. I mean, part of the problem is it's two stories under the ground pretty much. You know, so you mm-hmm. can't really grow out from there. It's not like if it were ground level where you could build on wings or whatever. You can't build on underground wings. So Not in that one hall, like, because you didn't even make it to the North Hall, did you? No. Like, don't forget, there was a whole other half to that expo that you didn't even get a chance to lay eyes on. <laughs> Aside from my one panel, which was still pretty close to the uh, Artist Alley, no. Yeah, and it was insane. Like, the, I've never seen... A line of celebrities like this from one end to the other. It was incredible. And they were very smart. They even added, normally they have the uh, the gamers arena, which is one of the coolest parts of the con. And it's it's a big setup. It's like a weird sports TV arena thing with people watching and an audience. And this year they actually moved it out of either of the buildings and gave it its own hall room. And it was impressive. It was a really cool thing. It was almost like it was all smoke and neon lights and dark and stuff. And when you walk in there, it's all steam. Yeah. Like they have like smoke machines. And you go in and there's two like commentators sitting at the desk or the cameras pointed at them. And there's like four bleachers uh, of people all sitting around watching this giant screen of these guys playing video games. And it was it was really cool. And they even took that out of where it usually is, which is in the north building. And still... Still, and they also moved part of the food court from the south building into the actual lobby. And yeah, so they did, a, they made a lot of really good moves, but oh my God, it's just, it's so big now. It's, it's, it's almost it's, too big for Toronto, which is crazy to say. Toronto deserves that show, though. I think it's, it's been a long time coming. Toronto is. I don't know, at least the jewel of, of southern Ontario, if not Ontario proper. So I think it deserves a show of that magnitude, and and it couldn't be better. Yeah, so... I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, it loves you, too. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen with our extravaganza kids. Uh, this is going to be two parts, two episodes. The first part is going to feature interviews with the following of the finest of Toronto's comic creators, okay? We're going to start off with a little bit of Mr. Sean Daly. Uh, Sean Daly, of course, the nicest of the nice, wonderfully super talented individual, actually making a a little bit of a name for himself out in your area. Yeah, a lot of my pals are now pals with him, and he just became my Facebook friend. Oh, awesome. He's uh, he's a swell guy, and he's killing it. He's uh, the creator of Terraquil which he writes and uh, and uh, draws. He's one of those uh, rare talents like you who uh, does it all. He can write and he can draw. And, uh, you know, 
It's a package awesome. deal for him. So it's very, very cool. So we're going to have a chat with Mr. Sean Daly, which is always fun. And then after that, we're going to have a little chat with Mr. Andy Stanley. Uh, Andy Stanley is the man behind A.H. Comics, which is alternate history. Okay. So they are the uh, they are the publishers behind Moonshot. So Moonshot. I've talked a lot about Moonshot. Moonshot is a beautiful piece of art. It's a graphic novel. It's an anthology of indigenous Aboriginal works by indigenous Aboriginal peoples uh, of Canada, and it's 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 just gorgeous. It's a stunning, stunning book to look at. So uh, we chat with Andy, and Andy is also uh, the man behind uh, the Jewish. Well, he's not behind it, but he's publishing it. Uh, the Jewish comics anthology, which is very very cool. Uh, it has Stan Lee's first ever edited story in it. Wow. Yeah, it's called The Gollum. It's about the Gollum. It's very, very cool. Uh, it's got uh, Will Eisner work in it. It's an amazing anthology, so you may want to check that out. And we talked to him about Moonshot 2, which is coming up. We talk about his comic Titan, which we've talked about. Uh, and uh, Sean and Andy have both been on the show many, many times before, so you may already know what I'm talking about. Now... Uh, after that, the Toronto Comics Anthology. I'm so, so, so behind this operation here. Uh, Andrew Stevenson and uh, one of the creators, Greg Menzi, is who I'll be chatting with. You've heard uh, Andrew on the show many, many times as I've been plugging hard the Toronto Comics Anthology. It's an anthology uh, by Toronto comic creators about Toronto. And that's the key. So it's a great platform for the city's up and comers, and awesome. it's a yeah, it's also a great way to teach people about the city, because a lot of these stories are you know researched and they come out of researching old stories and trying to find cool ideas to tell about Toronto, right? So uh, that is fun indeed. We talk with them, then we talk with Mr. Jason Liu. Jason Liu is the creator behind the pitiful human lizard, which has just been going gangbusters in Toronto right now. Uh, this year it's been very, very popular, and you need to check it out. Uh, Jason's also one of the guys behind the Mississauga Comic Expo, which is uh, happening next month here in Mississauga. Uh, and Clarkson is going to represent, you know it, because an elegant weapon will be there, and I'm super, super excited. This is taking place at the Mississauga Central Library, and it's free. It's free, damn it. Wow, you get to that's rare. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's a, it's a big joint operation. He works with the library as well, and they put on this giant free Comic-Con, and they have the best of the best of the GTA there, and it's absolutely phenomenal. So go, take your children, have a good time, uh, and you might get to meet me if you're lucky. Okay. <laughs> Jay, you get to comment quite a bit on our last uh, conversation that's coming on this part one episode because that's a quick little chat with Mr. Scott Chandler. Oh, my buddy Scott Chandler and my nemesis. <laughs> you, in fact, took part in – I didn't realize this was your first ever sketch tool. Yeah, yeah, first one in, in Toronto at least, and I wasn't sure what to expect, but it was amazing. It was with Mr. Scott Chandler, of course, who is a Toronto cartoonist. Um, Eisner nominated, uh, yeah. Schuster nominated, might have won the Schuster actually. Um, Scott's just an amazing guy. We have some mutual friends, and by fate, we got paired up to be drawing against one another in this really awesome sketch duel to the death. And here <laughs> I am. So that's all I'm nice. saying. Nice. Well, the weird thing about it is Fan Expo usually they went very comic heavy uh, this year, like straight up, almost 
I hate to say it, superhero or serious comic heavy. And normally there's a, a, a lot of weird variation, but I, I do kind of like that Kevin focused on something that I think he knew people wanted. But that left a certain uh, uh, niche for you to take advantage of being pretty much one of only two cartoonists there, at least as far as guests. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's 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 tricky. I never really think of it, but you're absolutely right that I'm one of the few cartoony comic book creators that was in attendance. So that was the beauty thing of being up against Scott, who has this beautiful, classic John Buscema, Jack Kirby kind of style. And here I am coming more from the Jeff Smith, Sergio Argones school of cartooning. So we both stood out. So it was not even a competition. It was two different styles drawing the same things uh, for the pleasure of the crowd. That's what we actually speak about because he starts uh, – he was so busy. A lot of these interviews are – the longest I think is Sean. We speak for about 15 minutes. But then you're going to get all these chats. It's going to be like the music video of podcast kids because it's all basically like three to seven-minute interviews because everyone was just so damn busy. It was insane. Uh, yes. All you're going to hear also is people continuously over and over again talking about how this is the most successful convention of their careers which is just insane. So many people sold out of many titles. Yep. And so I only got to speak with Scott for like three minutes because it was just constant. People were selling him out. I think he sold out of one series as we were talking. And <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. But he had such nice things to say about you. He's like, oh, he just whooped my ass. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. It, it really is apples and oranges, as he says. Like you yeah. both have beautifully distinct styles and are both, you know – absolute geniuses in your own rights and he does he's got he really gets me he's he is it's like jack kirby and darwin cook had a love child sure yeah and and out came scott uh you guys did dr doom yeah yep. and, and yeah and uh silk specter yeah i wish we could have fit some more in there because i was having the best time i've ever had in a panel well, you guys were both so knowledgeable. That's one of the things. Uh, everybody has to go, okay, Jay Fosgett is on Facebook, and he'll friend you because he loves you all. Uh, then there's Jay Fosgett Art, which is a fan page that you can go and enjoy that as well, where we just share things from Jay's past and present and what's going on. And uh, it's just a place to have fun and share. Uh, and then there's uh, Foscast which is Jay's new show on Facebook where he basically sketches what, maybe two or three per hour. You maybe do in an hour? About three an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you take the time to read all the questions and comments that are coming in, and you are such a fountain of knowledge when it comes to all these things that you love and have influenced your art that that's half the show. You know, like uh, half the people – a lot of people have said they watch it without sound and they're just as entertained by watching you, you know, display your skills and all. And but it, it's the other half that's fun. that's talking to you and you teaching everybody. Uh, you're having fun doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love being able to talk about the things I'm passionate about. And that's that's comics. So, well, it's working out nicely. So everybody needs to go onto Facebook and check out the Fozcast because uh you're kind of just – you haven't really scheduled anything. You're just doing it very often when you feel like it, yeah? I kind of feel like I'm doing what you do at cons. It's like guerrilla sketching where, you know, you just, oh, hey, he's there. I better tune in. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I do that live on my Facebook page, and then I I, um, I sort of collect them all on the Fozcast page. That's so fantastic. can watch them later on. Yeah. yeah. It's great. You kids got to check it out. You've done some amazing ones. You did one based on uh, – uh, Dark Crystal. 
Uh, you've done a couple that were basically Disney themed. You did the Pete's Dragon that one time. Yeah. Elliot. Don, Don yeah. Bluth animation. Don, that one was great. That was the best talk one yet. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, but you were just spilling so much stuff that I, I love to hear about. It's, you know, it's it's cool. A lot of artists are very knowledgeable about kind of their influences, like their direct influences, who maybe they studied a lot to get better at their craft. But, I mean, you know shit that has nothing to do with you being an artist. Yeah, I don't know how, but you're <laughs> right. I know some weird stuff. I want to do an episode that's Nelvana-centric, uh, for those yes. of you who are familiar with Nelvana animation. That's a plan. Yes, you need to make that happen. That needs uh, that needs to happen. Yes, and you introduced me to Ludo. Yes, that's oh, Rob, Rob Mills who played Ludo in Labyrinth. Oh, that's exciting. Well, I made friends with your friend Jane there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because of uh, that budding friendship, kids, uh, I think we'll be resulting in some amazing, amazing things, fingers crossed, coming to the show in the future because uh, I – Jay introduced me to some people that I did not know existed around here. And <laughs> now that I know that every time Jay comes here, he introduces me to people who live within 20 minutes of me that I have no idea exist. I love and, that. When I come to town yeah. and I'm walking around, people act like I'm the local and I'm showing them all the places and all the people. I love yeah. that. <clears throat> you know what Aaron said the other day? Flat out serious, like not a joke. Uh, I think we were just, just talking about Fan Expo and something about you loving whatever here. And she just totally was like, yeah, I see him living here. I was yeah. like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, I see him moving here. Totally. Eventually. I think eventually he's going to end up living here. I and think it's was... inevitable. <laughs> well, if you ever decide to, uh, it, it would make things even more joyous and bright around here. So you're always welcome Thank up you. here in the hinterlands, my friend. Thank you. All right. So uh, that being said... Uh, shall we get on with it? Let's uh, get on with it. Yes, yes. Part one of our fourth annual Fan Expo Extravaganza. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Daly, Andy Stanley, the Toronto Comics Anthology, Andrew Stevenson and Greg Menzi, Jason Liu, and Scott Chandler. Here we go. Show's going great. How's the show going for you? Good. Hanging out, drawing, doing what I do, I guess. Normally we end this party with a little bit of Sean Daly and then a little bit of Sparkle Girl Jen. Nice. But we're going to start this party with a little bit of Sean Daly. A newly uh, a newly glassed Sean Daly. Yeah, I'm a four eyes now. It's It, it, it helps the part though, right? Helps it? the role? Okay. I think so. I mean, it helps me see. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. That can't do anything but help the art get better, right? Yeah, well, or worse. Or we'll, worse. We'll see how it goes. We'll That'd see. be great, eh? Yeah, it'll be one or the other, hopefully. Oh, wait, I suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. Why didn't Why anybody didn't... tell me? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, any commissions come your way, Ed? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah? Some Metal Gear Solid stuff. Uh, a lot of Pokemon. Yeah. Probably because of Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. It's a popular year for that. Yeah, you could say that. How many did you get yesterday? Commissions? Yeah. About six. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. You're in second so far that I've oh, heard. Nice. Mr. Fosgit took home 11 commissions oh, last night. That doesn't surprise me. That guy is a machine. Yeah, he was up to, like, two doing just doing... Yeah commissions man i imagine he's so good what is this you're working on currently uh, metal gear solid it's is the... this something you play and are familiar with or... oh yeah yeah it's actually one of my fa all-time favorite video games okay ever. so would the person who requested this commission know that you're familiier with yeah it, big was... time oh okay yeah All right, actually cool. i've been talking to a lot of people who want commissions and they're like you know when the artist is 
down with what you're trying to get them to draw, it always turns out so much better. Oh, of course. And I agree, like, completely. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It just, you know, it's always nice when people who are getting commissions take that into account, yeah. you know? Well, people often will go to something kind of familiar, but do you ever have the ones who are just flat out, like, just however you want to do it, and they've never, they just like seeing your work, so they were yeah, like, just yeah. draw me this. And those are also some of the best ones you'll ever get, too. Because there's really, it's do what you want, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. You have, do you need reference much? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. If I'm not familiar with the character, right, right. I will. But Just look her up and... Yeah, but if I am, I'll just go for it. Even if I'm wrong, I'll just... What's blank. the craziest commission you've ever gotten? Uh, craziest? I don't... Man, off the top of my head. Uh, a full family portrait where everyone in the family was an astronaut was pretty crazy i mean okay. it's pretty tame but you yeah know. it's interesting yeah it was interesting it was pretty cool well it must be neat because there's no like specific character no, or no. anything like that they yeah. were just flat out draw yeah. this yeah, yeah. we want to be astronauts you got it <laughs> sure yeah i'll make you whatever you want to be yeah it's pretty good so it's been an exciting year you've had two anthology yeah. Entries this year, Toronto Comics Anthology and yeah. Hogtown and Horror. Hogtown Horror is upcoming. It's now, pretty cool. I know I'm familiar with the Toronto Comics story, yeah. which was wonderful. Yeah. And then one of those usual Sean Daly fashion <laughs> kicks to the gut <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, what's your entry into Hogtown all about? Uh, well, Hogtown was kind of pitched to me as, you know, we want to do like movies almost. You know, like pick a genre of a horror movie and then do a comic based around that genre so I picked monster movies so that my story is going to be influenced by things like you know Nightmare on Elm Street or Pumpkinhead oh, or yeah. you know any 80s monster movie is you're going to see a little bit of this and right 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 yeah. that's awesome is it a solo endeavor this one yep yeah, yep. yeah this will just fun. be writing and drawing when are you going to learn to start working with others uh, so uh, <laughs> I have an exact answer for you on this one uh Toronto Comics Volume 4. I'm going to be only drawing, not writing. Ooh. So I get to draw someone else's story. Nice. Have you been hooked up with that person yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought they were still in the process yeah. of doing that. The right? scripts are going to be turned in shortly, and then the artists. That's one of the cool things about that anthology is they will team you up. They've got like artists and waiting for writers well, and stuff, and they can kind of make teams and try new things. It's, it's a great experiment. And right? they should for an anthology, because yeah. the more people working on it uh, the more marketing that can be done for it oh that's the right? key if you that's only had key. 20 people on it like you know why not 50 yeah yeah that's the whole point of these fan expo podcasts yeah. I can interview like 50 people yeah, and exactly. 50 people <laughs> like share it to the world done and tell everybody about our party and our good times yeah. you know yeah and that should be the idea going into anthologies as well right are we going to at least see a squirrel in the Hogtown story? Oh, I don't want to give too much At least much running... Away. Okay, we can keep our hopes up, though, maybe? You, you might... Least. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to break any hearts, so oh. we'll see. All right, uh, the Bridge Builders Creed, yeah. do tell. It's just a follow-up follow to Terraquil, really. It's But this one's going to be one long story. Why the idea to separate it up? Like, why not just keep going with Terraquil? Why kind of a spin-off, uh, in a way? I'm going to, actually. I wanted to, like forever I've wanted to take a shot at doing a long story okay so Terracool like the first uh, collection was just a, a practice really like right. can I tell a story right but people it was what it. four different it was, it volumes in that five like four, volumes it was five issues in the one yeah, collection ten right? stories yeah and people dug it so I figured you know what maybe I'll just take a shot at writing something long form 
you know, like an original graphic novel. Right, right. Do you have any interest in, uh, like, maybe pushing it to somebody? You ever thought about getting somebody to pick up Terracool? Uh, I've, I've showed it to a few publishers, and there's been a couple that are interested. They want to see the whole thing when it's done. Okay. Um, because they're not... The publishers that I'm looking for are would publish full-length graphic novels and not individual issues. Uh, and I'm fine doing them as little... Uh, Ashcan versions, like right. just the tiny print-yourself black and white ones, until I'm ready to collect it all. Right. I figure it's cheaper. I can do it all myself. It's you know easier for everyone. Right. Uh, and then yeah, when it comes time, we'll see what some people have to say about it. Because I think it's it's by far by time. I mean, people are loving it. It's a great story. Well, I'm glad they dig it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been it, fun. It, it deserves support. So people go out there, seandaily.ca. <laughs> you got it. Check out Terraquil because it's a story that people really, really dig. And it's uh, it's it's exciting. It's emotional. Glad, it's all that stuff. I'm glad one person thinks so. That's not that true makes, at all. That's <laughs> I know, not I know. true at all. That's why I'm making this... Uh, <laughs> uh, we're making this more of a possibility than ever to try to get your ass out to Michigan. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to yeah, happen yeah. in 2017. Yeah, because you sure. you've got some fans. There's been some talk out there. Same thing with here. So That's cool, man. Uh, as we know, this uh, weekend at Fan Expo, yep. um, Marvel, Joe yes. Quesada and his cohort. What's his name? Dan something? Derek something? Who's the other guy? Yeah, we got his name right here. The other Marvel important guy. Is that it? Yeah, Darren Sean. Yeah. Or Shan. Shan. Darren Shan, yes. Yeah. Uh, doing portfolio reviews. Yeah. And you were thinking about uh, trying it out? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Uh, I think I mean, you should. Why not? Because I think here. anybody in here should. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, when you get this opportunity, what, once a year? Yeah. Maybe? Well, they don't even come every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I guess this is the first time I've seen this here. Right, so. me too, yeah. And that's I mean, top tiers. And at least, yeah. you know, what's, what's the worst they can say is no. Exactly. And you're at least going to get some probably advice about it. Yeah. Plus, your name will be in the back of their head. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's something you definitely have to attempt. But I think they're going to be impressed with the fact that you're not just, here's my art. But you've actually got a story, and right, you've got right. like you've showed that your brain works in several ways, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of important. Being, you know, someone who creates comics, like yeah, you obviously have to know how to draw them if you want to be an artist. But if you know a thing or two about writing, that just kind of that can make your art better. Oh yeah, you know, I'm sure because I mean it informs the reactions, and I guess. Uh, the emotions that are yeah. going on in there. Yeah, right? it's all storytelling, regardless of whether you're writing or drawing. Anything else coming up? Uh, nope. No? No, no, there's <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And that's about it for the year. <laughs> then I'll be done. Hey, what yeah. was that uh, wrestling thing I saw you at? Because you're a fan, and I saw yeah. you with the belt. What was that? Was oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I got wrestling, like, tickets last year for like a VIP experience so I got to meet some of the wrestlers okay. and hold the championship yeah, belt yeah. and see the ring and everything I didn't know you oh. were a fan of the I'm a huge wrestling okay. fan see this is going into the whole Michigan thing because <laughs> they're all wrestling freaks out there oh, too no shit, really? all I hear from all my comic book fans every Monday night I've got to listen to them spewing off the <laughs> raw God damn. So, you know, you maybe there was a switch that sh that happened. Maybe you should have been in Michigan and Fosgate was supposed to have been here. <laughs> some sort of weird destiny. No, you're too well, nice. if he ever wants American. to switch for a week, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm down. Totally. Ah, uh, the double duty is yeah. fun, though. Yeah. He's doing a sketch duel on Sunday. 
oh, awesome. with uh, Scott Chatham. Yep. I think that's his name. Yep. And that's going to be fun because they're both very talented. Yeah. No know? kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it's good times, man. Damn. Good times. Yeah. How's the chip tunes? Good. Yeah? It's, yeah. I uh, don't have as much time as I'd like uh, just with work and comics and stuff. but Of course. It's more of like a relaxing downtime thing right. now. It's yeah, like yeah. if I have a few moments, I'll, I'll chip away. That's about it. How, um, when you're drawing, is there much, do you have music involved, the TV, do you need background noise, do you need any kind of, you know, comfort noise, or are you just yeah. sitting alone in silence drawing? No, I'm usually listening to music, okay. like the entire time. Now, will the music selected be of the mood of what you have to draw, or vice no. versa? Will it affect each other at all? No, not at all. No? Not at all, no. Really? It's just, I need something, like I need noise. Right. Right. I think working in a recording studio for like seven years... Like really fucked my ears a little bit. Okay. Because yeah, I, I you don't get hear it the same way. Either. No, right. not really. Yeah. yeah I have yeah. a ringing in my ears that like I need something there. Yeah, right. It sucks. Right. Right. It sucks. But I mean, yeah, it's always music. You know, it's kind of the same thing. It's weird though. But when I'm in a tree, working on a tree, yep. I can't take even though it's not silence or maybe a chainsaw running or whatever. Yep. Like at this point, I don't really hear it. Right. I, I like to put podcasts on and stuff. Yep. Just pure comfort noise. Are it's you allowed to do thing. that? Like. That's <laughs> you do it. I'm not sure. You do what you want. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I've been doing this long enough. Yeah. I know it's safe. I yeah. know it's safe. Damn it. Yeah. I know if I'm gonna hurt myself or not. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's very. I want to ask Capullo if I can possibly get a chance to talk to him because he's such a big Black Label Society. Oh, nice guy. Like he's yeah. he just pimps the shit out of them. Like he's huge. Yeah. Right. So I'm wondering how much Batman that we've read while looking at the page was inspired by like you know. Are there any, like, scenes of Batman kicking ass that were because of a BLS song, you know, got a little more aggressive than it might <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him at all. Right, right. That would be cool. There's a, a friend of mine, Phil Buck, out of Denver. He's got a project called Those Shadow People. Do I know this? You might have seen this online. Yeah. But he I've... does the comic, The Shadow People, yeah. as well. He does the soundtrack for the comic. Oh, see, that's awesome. So you awesome. get both at the same time. That's such a good idea. Yeah. I've wanted to do something like that for a long time. But, yeah. I'll you know. show, I'll hit I'll, online, I'll send you the yeah, links please. or whatever to his stuff. But it's really good, too. It's kind of gorillas inspired. Yeah. Right? And, uh, well, it is gorillas inspired. Right. He's a huge fan, but it's its own thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and he does all these songs. He does like a twelve album, twelve song like yeah. you know album to go with like the issue. Amazing. And it's not so much as a soundtrack yeah. as much as it's like the mood. Yeah. So it is a soundtrack, but it's not like you know do 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 like yeah, beats yeah, right. when somebody takes a step sort yeah, of right. thing. It's but, just, yeah, it's yeah. Moves. But it all goes together. Yeah. yeah. And it's really really cool, man. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I love when people do the multimedia thing. I'm I know, surprised I... people don't do it more, right? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You know? Release a record, like record in a uh, comic. Oh, they did a comic and 45 thing too. What's that? Or was it him or someone else? Where you got the comic and a 45 oh. to go with the comic. It was either that, it, he either did that or told me about someone who did that, that inspired him. So I apologize, Phil. You may be hearing this, but either way, because uh, you remember the old turn the page, you oh, yeah. know, record yeah, right. in 45. So yeah. do we have do we have fans here to talk to? Hi, how Hi. you guys doing? How's it going? You having a good show? Right on. Freeze? You got it. I'm Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Funny, just speaking of Capullo, because I got his freeze nice. framed on my wall that was a Fan Expo exclusive. Oh, when was that? That was like four years ago last time he was here. 
Was it four years ago? Yeah, because it was a year after the new 52 started. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. And he's not even here yet. And you see the lineups that are over there. Like, you can't walk this one aisle because of comic lineups, man. Tim Sale. Yeah, is that his lineup right behind yeah, us? There? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I didn't even cool. consider Tim Sale. Imagine when Capullo sits down. Yeah, I know. Good night. Yeah. This thing's going to shut down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, uh, it'll be something else. And it's just getting more and more every year, too. But, I mean, this year, I think, has my favorite guests. Oh, yeah. That I've ever, yeah. yeah Ryan yeah. Otley's here. Yeah, which is that's like exciting. So yeah, that's cool. a big one. Can I sign this for you? Cool. Who else is excited? Uh, David Hayter. Right on. That's uh, the voice of Solid Snake from this game series that I'm drawing. Oh, yeah. okay. He's been a big influence. Wow, a voice actor. Thank you very much. Take care. Did not expect to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, but like, you're a sound guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, Rob like, Paulson's here. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. I met him in Denver. Nice. Yeah, and I got him. He did. He did the Yakko and a Pinky yep. bumper for the show. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So I, I, when you pay, you get three recordings. Yeah. So I got those two, and then the third one, he did Donatello as a message to my son. Oh, man. So it's Donatello telling my kid that he can be the fifth Ninja Turtle in Toronto, <laughs> and he's got to pick a color That's so and all cool. this stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It was really nice of him, man. That's amazing. So I got to confront him this weekend because he did a podcast called Talking Tunes. Cool. One of my favorite podcasts ever where yeah. he just has voice people on, like yeah. legends, and then it just stopped. Oh. And I can't even figure out online, like, there's nothing saying why or anything. That's weird. So one of the beauties of these events is that I can go to them yeah, face-to-face yeah. and be like, yo, where's my yeah, free entertainment? What the hell? <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. Think of the people. Yeah. <laughs> it's good times. Yeah. Check this out. What's this? It's a fortune I got. In What's fortune your fortune? Cookie. Let's read it. Let's read it. You are smarter than everyone around you. See, it's the glasses. I know, it's, it's the glasses. It's the glasses, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, it's good luck glasses. I dig it. I'm going to keep that forever. That's so awesome. So if anyone ever questions me, I'll just show them. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, kids, seriously, Sean Daly is one of the next big badass things to come out of Toronto. It's going to happen. Um, Terraquil. Cool. Which people need to read, and I believe they can get online at yep, seandaily.ca. Yep. And, you know, check them out. Thanks so much, as usual. <laughs> Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, sir. I will, you too. Uh, Sean Daly. Oh, yeah. Later at the Hall of Justice. What are we doing? I don't think he wanted to leave you. He didn't. I no. think he wanted to spend the, spend the morning he totally conversing did. and yeah. having pleasant times with you. Well, I can't blame him. Andy Stanley. How you doing? Uh, Andy, Writer. Oh, they keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. We can, we can talk. Right can now, you are currently signed something that yes. I became aware of this year. This is the Jewish Comics Anthology. That is correct. It's a 256-page uh, collection of short stories, uh, all based on ancient folk tales and myths from Hebrew culture. Which is super cool. Which Name is some of the cool. names that are in this anthology. Oh, uh, you know, small people like Stan Lee edited a story that's in there. Joe Kubert, Will Eisner, Art Spiegelman, Harvey Pekar, you know. I know of you none know. of these people you speak of. <laughs> none, never hoid of them. Never, never, of, never hoid of them. Stan Lee? Who's that guy? He's got very, two he's got two first names. Well you have a very Stan Lee Stan Lee name. I do. Andy I do. Stanley. My last name is Stanley. Yes. yes. You yeah. totally have come out of a Marvel comic, Andy Stanley. Yeah, thank you. So the, the Jewish Comics Anthology is actually the only book in existence with two Stan Lees in it. Two Stan Lees? That's right. Why? Who's the other Stan Lee? Me. Stan Lee. 
Oh, Stan. Uh, and Stan. I got you. I'm with you now. <laughs> this is Sunday, it's kids. Early. It's day it's four. Early. It's early, but we're keeping. Listen, you're one of them like mega threads, writer, artist, publisher, promoter. Under, blah blah blah. Under, underwear model. What do you consider yourself? If somebody asked you what you do. Um, I make comics. Or? Yeah, I mean that's. A, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a graphic novel creator. I mean, I uh, usually I say I'm a publisher. Right. Because that's pretty much you know that that Covers runs that runs yeah that runs the thing. gamut. Yeah. See, when I yeah. first started seeing you come to the shows, the big thing was Titan that you were pushing. Yeah, that was yeah, the first right? book. Yeah, we like had all your signage, everything. You were that's, mainly yeah. We created yeah. the company AH Comics for Titan. Right. Yeah, right. and it's named after Titan. So Titan and alternate history. And we created alternate history comics. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It's a beautiful book. Talk a little about it. Thank you. Uh, well, it was uh, published in 2011. The book itself is about a character who is reincarnated through thousands of years and tries to take over the world in different lifetimes. <laughs> That's good yeah, So you kind of follow the bad guy as he tries and fails and tries and fails, and I won't give away the end. Right. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's unique because it takes place in four time periods. Each one is a different art style that I used for it. Yeah, which yeah, is so, super, super cool. Yeah, thank yeah, you. That's fun to yeah. do. What inspired doing that? Just you like to uh, keep th- things varied? Yeah, I think that part of it was more, uh, you know, was more I just wanted to do something that had different visual style throughout the whole book. Right. So that allowed Mike, the author, to write the script in a way that uh, he can go back and forth between scenes and between time periods, right. and the reader doesn't get lost because visually they always know where they are. So did the, the changing visuals affect the writing for him at all? Uh, it may have. Yeah. It may have, because we talked about the story before, and then once he started putting the script together, I talked about how I wanted to do the artwork, and so that probably influenced a bit of the way that the, right, that right. the story went, yeah. Right. So where did it start for you? Would you say you started as an artist, as a writer? Like, how old were you when you started doing started, all this started as a as Started as an artist, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, I've wanted to do comics since I was a little kid, right? right. You know, yeah, I've always yeah. been I've always been drawing and painting. Right. Yeah. And but then, you have a very fine illustrator style, though, as well as the paint, as, like as far as the painting and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, thank you. Was there multi interests, or were you very early on, I want to do this, but in comics? That was pretty much it. Yeah. I wanted yeah. To, I want to do this, but right. in comics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. So. Well, it's early on. I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Seal. Uh, uh, he's nope. an artist out of Michigan. Uh, he does Source Point Press stuff. He's got a book okay. called The Rot. And uh, he does a book called Nora with Casey Pierce. Cool. You have very similar painting styles. Oh, thank you. As far as I your guess. aesthetics, as, a, as and long as he's the, good, the tone of it, he's incredibly. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. No, he's phenomenal. Like, you guys, your work looks similar because yeah, no, he no. really sucks. No, and he's just getting into doing comics for the first time. <laughs> right. Okay. And he's loving it because nice. he's always just been a yeah. fine illustrator, yeah. right? So it's a, uh, it's been neat to watch him get more and more into it. You know, mm-hmm. but you guys have that kind of. I love it. I love bringing the, the painting into the yeah. comics. You know, Thank it you. makes you all all the stuff stand out so much. You know what I mean? Nice. I think it's great. So it started with Titan. Sorry, I'm handing That's a book okay. over. That's okay. Things are happening. People uh, are conventioning. That Jewish comics anthology seems to be flying off your table. It's huh? doing pretty good. Well, yeah. we've got it uh, as a special with Moonshot, so oh. two book two books for thirty bucks. So right, it's, uh, right. Yeah. So, so it's a great deal. Yeah. After Titan comes Moonshot. Uh, the award-winning moonshot, or not? Well, right after, after Titan that? came Hobson's Gate, which is yes, the one I okay. wrote and illustrated, and then right. we did Delta, which was the collaboration with the jazz instrumental quartet, the River Pilots. What? 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 Hold on. 
Yeah, where have you <laughs> I'm not been? Familiar with it. Oh, I can't read everything. It's a, man. it's a, it's a book that it's like a 16-page book that comes with a CD. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's jazz instrumental music, and each track in the CD uh, corresponds to a page in the book. You oh kind of, you kind of listen to the music yeah, yeah, and yeah. look at the art. It's more of like a concept. It's those package, shadow people. You know, those, uh, those shadow, shadow people? people are out of Denver. Uh, this guy Phil Buck. And he does kind of the same thing. He was very more inspired by like gorillas. It's more like a gorilla style thing. Oh, okay. But uh, that's exactly what it is. Is uh, it's it's not like an exact soundtrack, but the the album will go with the comic as far as mood and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not like a movie soundtrack. It's a mood. But it's a mood total piece, same yeah. compact. Uh, total same concept. I think that's fantastic, and I'm surprised more people don't do it. What inspired you to do it? Well, they approached me. The River Pilots are—they're um, uh, friends of mine. You know, they played at my wedding, and I did their. I've done there because I do uh, graphic design and stuff. So I've done the, their albums, their packaging okay. before. So right we've been friends for a while, and they approached me uh, to wanted to know if I could do this project with them. So that is rad. Love your your mic, by the way. Do you like that? Yeah. It's a Zoom H1. It's sexy. Yeah, I'm waiting on an H6 right now. Oh, Ready well, I'm moving it. up in the world. It's going to blow You're your skipping mind. from one to How six. How come every damn time I meet you, there's something new that I learn that you've done that I haven't heard of? It's crazy. Because uh, I like to keep you on your toes, man. Well, you yeah, I got to. I, yeah. I can't give it all away up front, right? Well, the absolute crowning glory so far for me at least is what you know got us talking way more was uh moonshot moonshot yeah because my god it's It's insane as people (laughs) have probably heard us talk about before i go on about moonshot all the time very exciting to hear about a volume two yes all right do tell uh well volume two moonshot the volume one has won multiple awards and uh we've had such a great response for it how could we not do a volume two so we've got yeah yeah. so we're kickstarting volume two right now Mm -hmm. uh and and so people know moonshot is a collection of indigenous works by indigenous peoples yes and it's just stunningly gorgeous work yeah thank you it's got 13 short stories and each one is based on a tradition from the author's own tribal background Oh really? Yes. Okay, I didn't yes. know that was. Their yeah. Background exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the only books with traditional stories, uh, not, um, you know, it's not appropriated. It's not exaggerated. These right. are some of the stories we had to get permission from elders to retell in this comic really? book format. Yeah. That is. Super yeah, because cool, there's man. just a there's just obviously a, just a long history of yeah. cultural appropriation. You want to see it with respect. And, yeah, and yeah. and people, other people, white publishers, people who are not do not identify as indigenous taking you know these stories and then calling them myths and legends and making them different than what they are yeah right. whereas in the indigenous communities i mean they don't use the word myths right. legends tale you know because these are uh, this is it's part of their history and their culture I never thought to look at it like that yeah it's totally true right so yeah. how do, were they receptive to it the elders or? uh yeah very much so oh yeah yeah okay, so that's cool. knowing because uh, you know we explained and we gave them a list of all the people that we're working with and how we're going to do the book and the types of stories that will be in it. Right. Uh, and it was the indigenous peoples themselves that approached the elders on our behalf oh, to say okay. we're working with this and company. And how do you hook up with them? How do you, oh. do you just kind of Google uh, indigenous artists and see who's doing cool <laughs> some work? Of, well, some of, them I, some of them I already knew. Uh, a lot of it was done through Hope, 
uh, who's the editor. She okay. uh, is from Winnipeg, and so she's worked closely with the indigenous community up in Winnipeg. Right. And her father's worked at the History Museum, so they had a lot of connections there. And then, you know, networking through that area. And you, that's very And now cool. we've got people from... Uh, indigenous authors and artists from all across North America now. So, right, right. Yeah. So we'll have new faces, like new members yep. will be joining from yep. Volume we got, 2. Yes, yeah, some some who worked on Volume 1 are doing stories for Volume 2, but new people as well. So. Oh, that's super, yeah. super cool. You're very, very busy. People want to talk to you because you're important people, Andy Stanley. Oh, thank you for saying so. So tell the people where they can find all this absolutely incredible work. Uh, well, the easiest place, just go to ahcomics.com. And uh, you can also right now go to Kickstarter. And look for Moonshot or go to moonshotcollection.com and that'll take you right to the Kickstarter. And kids, you really got to check it out because it's actually, it's it's an elevation of comic books. It's not just a graphic novel. It's not just a typical anthology. It's an absolute piece of art unto itself. So thanks for bringing it to the world. Thank Can't you. wait for volume two. Andy Stanley, it's always a pleasure. Cheers. All right. Oh, yeah. No more putting this off, damn it. All right. I'm We're not putting this off anymore. Damn it. Literally bleeding in my hands. That's a digital recorder. All right. Yep. You're talking to millions and millions of people right now. Right no, now? No, not at all. Maybe <laughs> maybe a few dozen, if we're lucky. Okay. Uh, here we are, kids. I've stopped by the Toronto Comics Anthology Woo! booth. Good times. Andrew Stevenson. Hi there. How's what are you doing? Lead editor. How's it going? Ah, doing it right. I'm just checking my blood sugar right now. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. It's good to stay healthy. It is. I'm Especially... diabetic. Uh, I run books. And it is important when you're running behind the booth to make sure that your blood sugar does not crash and you don't die. Does it? Do you have to keep an extra eye at an event like yes. this? Yes. Because you're uh, walking it's, more. And... It's high stress as well. When you're doing a sales pitch constantly, there's a certain amount of like cost to that. And you're living off like terrible con food. Yeah, Which is yeah. a special kind of pizza pizza only found in like the back halls of yeah, convention places. I'm really proud that I avoided Pizza Pizza this year completely. I just nice. kept going Good out you, for man. 250 dogs, man. I was just like, you know. Uh, many members of this fantastic anthology have graced this show. And now yet another, finally, Mr. Greg Menzi. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? All right. Tell us a bit about your contribution to the anthology. Well, um, I've done a 10-page short story with Phil McClory. It's, a, uh, it's called Hogtown Horror. It's two Irish immigrants who essentially uh, are vampires and they work the midnight shift at a slaughterhouse. That's great. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And uh, essentially, they have uh, issues with a pig turning into a vampire and running amok all over the city. Because they're draining the blood from it. Uh, unfortunately, they don't manage to actually finish it off in time because they get distracted. And so they have a vampire-infected pig running wild into the herd. It's great. It's a lot of fun. It's Man, a lot of fun. I love this book. So much cool <laughs> shit went on in here. Uh, what inspired that? Um, you know, it was really Phil's idea, and he was very, very open to my art style. And uh, I sent my portfolio into Andrew, and Andrew really connected us. And that's one of the great things about Toronto Comics is it connects, uh, you know, local creators, and uh, it just makes such a great network. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So many people have made friends, and, you know, I think about how many projects are going to come out of it further for Absolutely. people wanting to work together. Uh, there's, in fact, like, we do Toronto Comics Anthology Series, but some of our colleagues are doing their own anthology series that's just launching on Kickstarter right now yeah. uh, called Hogtown Horror. If you check last episode, actually, oh, nice, of the nice. show, uh, Hogtown Horror, we had on Mr. Christopher Yao, Mark Fu, Peter okay. Har Harlish... 
It's hard to say his name. <laughs> okay, because okay. okay. I, I misspelled yeah. it. Ironically. And Greg Peter is also Harlish, in that book. Greg as well, I and also actually, Derek Chow. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we no, had Derek dropped by the booth today, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's oh, around oh, here. I missed him. Very, very nice Yeah, he, he's yeah. walking yeah. Nice speedo right now. And what is your story in Hogtown? Uh, my story in Hogtown is actually the Midnight Show. And uh, it's a bunch of uh, kids. It's sort of like Scooby-Doo in a horror movie theater adventure. And... Um, they they go they sneak into this old rundown theater and they 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 find old movies and they start to uh, quickly get in over their heads and that's awesome horror ensues. Yeah. Well, that's what's great about this anthology is you let them go nuts. Oh yeah, you guys are looking and taking the craziest well, ideas. Hogtown is, is someone else. Hogtown is no, one I mean, of those yeah, guys. I just yeah. mean the anthologies in general. Oh, yeah. is you guys yeah. aren't like limiting much, even though it's about Toronto. There's some crazy ideas oh, yeah. that are in these stories. Like, There's a lot of incredibly talented folks in Toronto who are working yeah. on really exciting stuff. And so you can't help but get amazing collaborations out of them. Right, right. And I mean, Andrew's story is one of the better stories, <laughs> I would say. I mean, Good flattery. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I'd love to see it. Like, there's so many stories that you want to see become a book. Yeah. You know, like, you know. No, it's something I've talked about in the past. Like, I mentioned, like, in potentially expanding my Volume 3 story, which is about uh, yeah. Kunik and the slave, uh, slave wizard and all bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. Like, it'd be a fun little, like, I don't know, 100-page book. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. But, like, I got to just yeah. get my life out of anthologies first. Right, right. How did you first hear about the anthology? Well, I first, uh, I think I first heard about it at last year's Fan Expo where Andrew approached me as... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you were at the pro booth. You had um, Majos, I think it was? Yeah, Magos. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Andrew walked up to me and said, hey, this is a great comic. And I said, well, thank you very much, sir. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, and it worked out really well. That's yeah. awesome. And that was your previous book then? Tell me about your other work. Uh, yeah, I was self-publishing my own... Uh, fantasy story called Magos. It's still available on Comixology. I've since uh, stopped that one, but uh, that's, you know, led me to Andrew and Toronto Comics, and it's right, led yeah. me on to other work. creators. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What area are you out of? Uh, I'm in Winnipeg, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? I was, I, was in, uh, I was in Toronto for a year. I lived okay. here. Uh, but I moved back home to Winnipeg, and I just come out here now for the big shows. Really? You just came out for the show? I That's just came out for cool, the show, yeah. oh, What's it like in the peg? What's the pegs? Uh, come on. Uh, it's been a long four days, kids. <laughs> what is the pegs comic community like? Uh, you know, Winnipeg's comic community, I, I'm still, like, sort of re-engaging with everyone there. Um, there's, a, there's a huge fine art scene. The, 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 the Toronto comic scene is really the one in Canada, though. There, there isn't a huge... Uh, Winnipeg yeah, scene, and that's why I still come out here for for okay. all the big shows, um, right, right. like TCAF. Yeah, and your Calgary was pretty good too. They yeah, had a lot of fun in Calgary this year. I heard a lot of books sold. So. Yeah, I heard Montreal is also big. There's yeah, a there's a lot going on in Canada. I've been to Montreal yet. People uh, love that convention. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's very very cool. Uh, Greg Menzi, contributor to the Toronto yeah, Comics Anthology, and Andrew Stevenson over there doing business, yeah. dealing away. Uh, we're going to have you back very soon, sir. We'll sit down for a proper hour conversation because I'd love, love to learn more about uh, what you're doing. Okay, but, perfect. But uh, thanks for chatting, and uh, have a yeah. safe trip back to the peg, eh? Thank you. Thank All you. Right. We'll stay in touch. Quick minute. We're wrapping up, Jason Liu. we got about 20 minutes left of Fan Expo 2016. How was your weekend? Amazing. This is yeah. my first time as a guest, and, and the fact that I didn't have to pay like 500 bucks for an artist alley table, <laughs> uh, everything's in the bank. It's, it's up and up. I had a fantastic weekend. 
Thank you for all the support to all my fans. I sold out of issue number nines and, and all my trade paperbacks that I brought. Uh, kept on restocking on some of the specials. They were sold out. You guys, I, 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 I love this. I love it. That's all I've been hearing, too, yeah. is everybody's had the best con they've ever had. And, yeah. You know? Uh, maybe a little bit of thanks to Kevin Boyd for bringing a little bit oh, of the heart Oh, definitely thank you, Kevin Boyd, yes, yeah. for, for, for inviting me as a guest. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, as much as this has been a very exciting con, uh, I want to quickly talk about the Mississauga Comic Expo. Right. Which you're heavily involved in uh, pushing along. I'm very, very excited about this show. Tell us a bit about it. So my full-time job is uh, I work at the Mississauga Library System, and, and our, our library staff is... Uh, is a planning committee behind the Mississauga Comic Expo. This is we're, we're going to have our second annual event uh, on October 21st and 2nd. 21st, we're going to have a kickoff event with Word Burglar, more or less Cybertronic Spree. It's going to be like a mini nerd noise night. And then the next day, we're going to have all these exhibitors. We're going to have Jay Torres, uh, Andrew Wheeler, uh, plus 45 more artists there's some crazy names coming oh some yeah really talented chapter people. house is going to be there yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, another big name but I'm, I'm waiting until like he signs a contract and then we'll have that's him that's always wise to do yeah, and it's yeah. a free event it's a yeah. free event so just come in and yeah. meet all these cool guys we'll, we'll have uh, some workshops going on it's expanded to three floors we're going to have a cosplay workshop as well oh yeah some okay. um, miniature paintings for, for if you're a D&D fan or a Warhammer fan. Oh, that's cool. And if, yeah. it, if anybody hasn't been to the Mississauga Library, it's a fantastic building. Like, I'm looking forward to, you know, it's going to be my first year seeing that. And happily, I've been in touch with a few of your cohorts. So an elegant weapon will be there. Awesome. And we'll definitely be covering the party. Look. So, you know, you guys will get to hear it. But hopefully you can come out. Uh, it's Burnham Thorpe, at, right at Square One. Uh huh. Right across 301 the street. 301 Burnham Thorpe. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good times indeed. And of course, the pitiful human lizard, which has exploded this year. Check it out. Yeah, and it's where people can check it out as well. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash pitiful human lizard. Or yeah. follow me at, at rebel underscore L O O. Perfect. It's one of the most unique books out there right now. It's quirky. It's fun. It's dark at times, and I love it. I love what you're doing, man. So uh, thanks, man. Everybody, check out Jason Liu. Uh, more homegrown uh, local talent. So we'll see you at the Mississauga Expo, sir. We're shaking our hands right now. You guys can't see it on the podcast, <laughs> but it's a nice firm it's shake. A, exactly. <laughs> thanks so much, Jay. <laughs> Take it easy. Cool. Kids, I'm here with Scott Chandler, uh, who I had the enormous honor of seeing compete in a sketch duel today with my very good friend, Mr. Jay Fosgett. Uh, you guys killed it. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think uh, I think he won the drawing contest. But, I don't uh, know, man. How no? can you say that when your styles are so different? Though? Well, that's true. It is hard to compare. It's kind of apples to oranges, yeah. isn't it? But... Uh, yeah, he's he's good and fast. He's that was very uh, fast, that was really yeah, that was yeah. really good. It was funny. I giggled at the one point when uh, they were talking about uh, how you know you you're done with twelve hours of drawing. Last thing you want to do is draw. Yeah. Jay really is. He's compulsive. He finishes the day and keeps yeah, going. You know what he does yeah. at cons? When we go out for dinner with friends, <laughs> yeah. we're all sitting there eating, right. not paying attention to him, and all of a sudden 
you'll he's he'll sketching slip away one in front of you, and there's a caricature of you. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's a good it's a good habit to be in, though. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. obsessed. Now, uh, as much as his style is wonderful, very Disney-esque, very animated. Yep. You have a very nice, clean, retro, very Darwin Cook, as you were speaking. Yeah. About being influenced style, I love what yeah. you do. Has that always been your thing? Yeah, kind of. I've just always, you know, had. Uh, you know, a, a kind of a hankering for that sort of mid 20th century design style. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't have rose-colored glasses about how great life was in the old days. I, you know, I know, you know, there's a lot of things that are better now than they were then. But uh, uh, something about things just looked great. Yeah. Just everyday objects looked mm -hmm. great. People dressed well. Yeah. You know, there was uh, even the toaster would be. Yeah, styled, yeah, yeah, right? exactly. The blender <laughs> yeah. is yeah. a beautiful, you yeah, know, object, art object. Art, yeah, yeah. 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 There, there was a real, um, there was a real desire in those days to make everyday life, uh, you know, a little more appealing through design. Right, right. And and uh, yeah, yeah, things were beautiful. So yeah, certainly the look of that era is uh, is appealing to me and a, and a big influence a lot of a lot of illustrators from that era are, are influences and uh, and yeah other other artists like you say Darwin Cook who, who were also influenced by that era while I've got you tell me about the uh, three thieves something you've been working on nine years seven volumes yeah yeah, yeah it's been a big uh, project I started writing it for my kids when my older son was maybe three or four he got the Fisher Price castle for Christmas okay. and he asked if I could write a story with a castle in it so when you're a writer, a prompt like that just sends you off and running. It becomes this seven-book series that has taken up, you know, half of my career. Um, but it's been great. It's yeah. been it's been really terrific to uh, work on. The characters are a lot of fun, and it's just you know rambunctious physical fantasy adventure, old-fashioned swashbuckling kind nice, of stuff. Nice, it's nice. just you know the kind of stuff I loved when I was a kid. You know, you kind of write back when you have kids. You just kind of go back to when you were a kid. Yeah, sort I got of a five year old, yeah, and I'm yeah, just, that. yeah, yeah. Totally. It's like you're five again. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, yeah, I'm so yeah. excited over things you haven't in years. Yeah, you know? yeah. You but. remember all the things you loved and and stuff like that. So it's uh, yeah. been a great. Um, yeah, way to get some of that out. That is very super yeah. cool. Uh, just where can people find it? Where can people see your stuff? Uh, anywhere. You, you know, it's weird. I, I work mostly mostly with book publishers, so you're less likely to find my stuff in comic shops as you are at your local chapters or Indigo or your favorite independent bookstore or Amazon.com or okay, you know cool. any and you know any place that sells yeah books online or or any uh, yeah. Any, any of the big bookstore chains. Very yeah. cool, very yeah. cool. Uh, we're wrapping up the show here. Scott, thank you so much for a few minutes. Hopefully we can sit down and have a nice proper chat. Yeah, Love to get into your story sometime. Let's so do. I'll find you online and we'll chat yeah. it up. I'm going to give you That's, one of my cards. Oh Yeah, perfectly. That's uh, Scott Chandler, uh, amazing uh, Canadian cartoonist, artist, kids. Check him out.